It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 808 on a Saturday morning, 54 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful, and today to help you be more successful with your lawn. I have with me Clint Walls. I was about to call someone else's name. I have with me Clint Walls, the UGA turf specialist at the University of Georgia at Griffin, and he is answering lawn questions by the handfuls. If you have a question, 404-872-0750. But you might be questioning right now, do we have a weekend prize pack this weekend? And yes, we do. The weekend prize pack. Ask your fast We'll think of a number between 2 and 7 to determine who wins a pair of tickets to see blues rock guitarist, guitarist, guitarist Joe Bonamassa when he returns to Atlanta for two shows, May the 4th and the 5th, at the fabulous Fox Theater. This will be Joe Bonamassa coming to Atlanta, May the 4th and the 5th, at Fox Theater. We get two tickets to that. Ashley Frasca. Ashley Frasca. Ashley Frasca. Is not thinking of a number between two and seven. Clint Walsh, She's think of a number between two and seven. Four. The fourth caller to 404 741 0750. 404 741 0750. Fourth call gets to go to see Joe Bonamassa on May the 4th and the 5th at the Fox Theater. Thank you, Clint, for filling in for Ashley this morning. My pleasure. By the way, thanks to Ashley and Mark Banta and Mickey Gasly for filling in for me last Saturday. They did a fabulous job when I was in Italy and I was listening to them. This was around noon, I guess it was, on the Saturday last when we were driving towards lunch and I turned my radio on, got WSBRadio.com, listen live, of course, punched it up, and there on the microphone and on our bus, we could hear Ashley and uh, Mark and Mickey talking about gardening, and it was quite the deal to be able to listen to them six hours ahead of time in Italy. Wow, what a great trip that was, and what a great time we had. Gary is in Canton, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Gary, good morning. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Man, we're all right. What's up? Good. Got a question. I have purchased a liquid... Um, to as a pre-emergence to spray um, on my lawn to uh, kill the crabgrass. Yeah. And with all the rain we've had and everything, every time I every weekend I get ready to do it, it'd be pouring down rain. And so at this point, is it um, am I wasting my time by putting it down now, or should I do it now and then do it again in the fall? It's a it starts with a P. Um, I call it pandemonium because I can't figure out what to do with it. But it's, it's, I think it's it's not for methadone. Um, what about pro- pendimethylin? Pendimethylin. That's it. Likely you're going to have some some escape on, on the on the crabgrass. Some has, has likely already germinated. Uh, because right. we have been wet and we have been still cool, uh, there's still much crabgrass to, to still germinate this year. So I'd go ahead and get it out. Uh, okay. I, I would expect some, some that has already germinated to kind of make it on through, and you may have to, to handle that post-emergently. But... Uh, you, you can keep the, the overall weed pressure population down if, if you go ahead and get that out. Is it Will it not hurt my Bermuda? I almost look like I see some of my Bermuda greening up a little bit. Will it not hurt the Bermuda? It, it won't. Um, it, it shouldn't uh, on it. So, uh, no, I'd say go ahead and get it out now, absolutely. Should I do it again in the fall? Um, that'll help with uh, 
a annual bluegrass or poa annua for next year. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that would be something in the late August or first part of September. Up there in Canton, I'd probably go first middle of September okay. uh, on it, and that will help with some winter annual weeds next year. Let me ask Clint a follow-up question here, if, you, if I can, Gary. Clint, there are some pre-emergence which also have a little bit of crabgrass post-emergence sure. activity. So could he use dithiopyr here and get some of those early crabgrass escapees under control? Sure. We, we call that reach back, and, <laughs> and that is one of them. So they, they do reach back and get uh, early germinated crabgrass weeds. So generally we look at that as a two- to three-leaf stage mm -hmm. on the leaf or on the wow. weed. So dithiopyr would be one of those with some leech, reach back to it. Pendimethylin, prodiamine, uh, or other ones that, that tend to not have a whole lot of that reach back. Okay. Now, is there a reach back something I can add with this and do it, uh, get in the liquid and add with You, you could. You've got essentially the, the two of them operate the same way in the soil as far as it goes with controlling the weeds themselves. So it's, it'd be a little bit of an overkill, but uh, the reach back would help you with uh, the small seeded uh, or, or recently germinated crabgrass on it. So Remember, reach back is just Clint's colloquial term for the ability of these herbicides to reach back and kill some of the crabgrass that's already germinated. And dithiopyr is, is one of those that yep. does have that capability. Okay. Is that something I can get at the big box stores? It sure. is. Uh, in, in a liquid form? Right. Not in get... liquid form. Look, oh, really? At least I've never seen it in a liquid mm -hmm. form. Look on the well, label. It says dithiopyr, D-I-T-H-Y, P-I-O. P-Y-R-T-H-I-O-P-Y-R, dithiopyr. That's the yeah, chemical. That's that long work. Okay. All right. All right, buddy. I appreciate it. All right. It's great talking to you, Gary. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Well, we got Drew on the line from Jackson County. Drew, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What's up? I had a question about uh, some trees I planted in January of 2017. I planted around 45 in combination of uh, giant green arbor vitae and mm. Uh, Murray Cypress, and this past fall I had deer rub their antlers on <laughs> a good many of them and uh, yeah. broke off some of the horizontal branches and the yeah. tops remain green on a few and then on others the tops have died and become brittle but the base is still green and um, I was planning on cutting off the top of the dead ones. I didn't know if these trees would recover and continue to be a tall tree in the future mm -hmm. or if they're just more likely going to bush out now. And how many had you planted? 45. And I know you can't repeat on the radio what you said when you looked out the back window that morning and said, bless my soul. Look at my yeah. arborvitaes out there. Look at my cypresses. Oh, my gosh. Look what the deer yeah. did to them. Very they, common, they of course, deer, deer rub on things in the fall when they're trying to get the velvet off the antlers. And I guess it depends on the extent of the damage. If you don't have any needles on them right now, no, they're not going to recover. If you have some needles on them right now, they'll recover at that point and lower. If you have, if you want to cut the top out because it's brown, it's not going to recover from anything that's not green. So you could go ahead and do that. I guess it'll just be a bush. But it might be you doing your consideration on an individual basis of what would do best for this particular plant, how much got rubbed, how can I recover the little bit of the form and the growth of it is about the best you could do, I think, Drew. Okay. Yeah, because they were one-gallon plants when I planted them, so probably 18 inches off the ground, and yeah. they're about three feet tall yeah. or so now, and yeah. uh, I just didn't know if they would still get up to the ones that are, say, halfway down. You know, there's 18 inches now of green growth on the bottom, and then the dead top cutting that off. I didn't know if one of the branches will become a new leader. Yeah. And, 
They, they will. And, uh, you know, they'll look sort of funky. Yes, of course. <laughs> They're going to look a little weird with a little crook this way and crook to that way. But eventually, those that have a good bit of growth still left on them are going to recover and just look. They'll have a lot of character to them. All right. Well, I can accept that. I'm, I'll wrap them up in some wire this year before September. Yeah, my recommendation for a lot of people is if you know deer are going to be rubbing on plants, if you have a deer problem in the neighborhood, stick rebar in the ground. Two or three pieces of rebar uh, a foot or two away from the trunk of all your trees because that gives them something to rub on the rebar without getting to the trunk of the tree and rubbing off all the branches. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Drew, it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling. Thank you all. Daryl is here. Daryl wants, wants to know about core aerating his lawn. Daryl, hey, good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? Just doing great. What you got? I was just calling to see if it was uh, too early to core aerate for Georgia, or should I wait a couple weeks or have it all green? What grass do you have, Daryl? Uh, Georgia. So, uh, I'd wait a couple more weeks. Uh, soil temperatures right now, and you're in where? Uh, Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah, I'd wait a couple more weeks. Soil temperatures right now are still below that 65-degree, 4-inch depth um, mm -hmm. uh, limit that I like to see. So I'd wait till about mid-May uh, in the Jefferson, North Atlanta area for, for sure on the, the corification. Okay. But, okay. But good, want, good practice on your soysia grass, though. Yeah, good thing to do. You want the grass to be able to take advantage of the process of aeration. So doing it too early when the soil is cold. So you really can't do anything with that new air and new holes in the ground. So you wait until the soil's warm and the soil can really take off after you after you aerate. Okay. All right. I appreciate it. And, you know, Daryl, one more thing. I can give you a place to go to find out what your soil temperatures are. We would like the soil to be around 60, 65 degrees maybe. And mm -hmm. there's a website the University of Georgia runs called georgiaweather.net. And it has stations all over Georgia. And you just click on the station nearest to your house in Jefferson. It'll tell you what the temperatures are there, what the soil temperature, air temperature, six foot, six inch depth, or eight inch depth, four inch depth, and all those things can be used to determine exactly when to time aeration, when to time seeding, when to time some other things in the lawn. So GeorgiaWeather.net, really helpful website. Okay, awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. You bet, Daryl. Thanks for calling. Bye bye. Let's see who's coming here next. We've got da, 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 Mike in Jackson, Georgia. Mike, join us on Lawn Answer. Get the right button here. Hey, Mike, good morning. Good morning. So let's go well, real quick because I only have about two seconds to go, but I know you got a weed. You want to know what it is. I do. It's, it's a kind of a, a light green or a lime green. Uh, it grows from a, a very distinct center and, and it's low growing. Uh, it's about the size of a saucer. Mm -hmm. And it has very, the ones that have uh, flowers on them have very small blue flowers on them. And I've got a bumper crop of this stuff in my lawn this year. Could it be blue-eyed grass? Does it look grassy, sort of? Uh, yeah, it looks grassy. Um, mm, go online and look up images for the plant called blue-eyed grass. Blue-eyed grass. Which pretty much describes just what it's, you told me. It's got a very open white center to it? Yep, okay. very much so. Low-growing. Very low growing, gets under, um, and it's it's while it's called blue eye grass, it's actually not a grass. No, it's in the lily, lily family. Yeah, it's a lily. Yeah, uh, on it, uh, which actually makes it a little more difficult to control because it's a very waxy uh, cuticle to the leaf. So, getting that one controlled is difficult because of the morphology of the. Yeah, leaf. I've been digging it up. I'll do, do it. Control it real well. You did a great job, Mike. Keep doing that for another year. You should be having it under control. Sure. Uh, I, I probably dug up uh, at least two of the garden carts full, and I've got a lot more to go. All right. Keep at it. That's all you can do. Okay. 
blue-eyed grass. I'll look it up. That's what we think. Thanks for calling, Mike. We'll see you soon. It's 818 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves for the lawn and garden advice you need. Music is a world within itself With a language we all understand And a quick weather update brought to you by Acumen Security. Sunny today, very comfortable today and tomorrow. High today in the, well, the low 70s. 72, 73 degrees, maybe low overnight, 47. Sunday, high almost 70 degrees and low in the mid-40s. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We're here this morning with Dr. Clint Waltz of the University of Georgia Turf Team answering lawn questions. Don is in Kennesaw, has a question about lawns and maybe lawn weeds this morning. Hey, Don, good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. Congratulations on your award. Oh, well, thank you, Don. For those listeners who didn't catch it, it was early this morning when they ambushed me here to announce that I'd been, I will be nominated and perhaps inducted into the Radio Broadcasters Hall of Fame here in Georgia. Very, very, very surprised and very honored to receive that award, along with O'Neill Williams, my colleague who does the outdoor show before mine on Saturday mornings, early shows. So what's up, Don? Go, shoot. Well, I, I, I got some, uh, well, I've been finding, I believe it's Dichondrin, my TIFF 419 Bermuda. Yeah. I've been hesitant about using too much um, liquid um, weed killer. I tried it the last two years, but, you know, always concerned about the timing and the amount. And I, I have a pretty big area, like by 16,000 square foot, and oh. it, uh, it comes and goes in there. The, the weed killer will kill it, but it still still hangs around. And, uh, you know, I have 16,000 square foot that I have to take care of, and, you know, it, uh, that seems to be the biggest problem. Yeah. You know, it's um, that weed. Well, Clint, you got a minute and a half. What do you think about dichondra? Sure is, and Italy is used as a lawn. Uh, on it, and one of the prettiest dichondra lawns I've ever seen was actually in Charleston, huh. South Carolina. <laughs> but uh, Don, the answer to your question is multiple applications. Um, there's there are a number of our broadleaf weed control three-way type of products that will will control dichondra and will do very well with it. But the key is multiple applications. A single app will will just not do it. So you've got to come back uh, three to four weeks later with a second application and then possibly again follow up again four weeks later with a third to, to really take care of that weed. But uh, Read the label, Don. Make sure it says can be more would, than once or more than twice in the, in the year because you don't want right, to over-apply. I, did, I, did, I have read. I've done two applications, but always worried about doing the, the third the last few years because it would uh, the timing with the heat and everything yeah. else. You know, I was concerned about killing more than killing the grass rather than killing the wheat. Uh, yeah, Bermuda exactly. grass is pretty resilient. You'll be fine there. Yeah, so try it again. We'll see what happens. But persistence, I think, is the main thing you need, Don. Thanks for calling. It's 827 at News Talk WSB. Back to more Lawn and Garden after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 835 at News Talk WSB, 56 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. 
I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to make you more successful, or help you, I should say, be more successful in your lawn, your garden, your landscape. I have Clint Waltz with me this morning, the UGA Turf Specialist. But one of the other ways we help you be more successful is by connecting you with our friends at Pike Nursery. And Mickey Gasway is their representative, my hero in the garden, and someone who is going to be covered up in all sorts of people later on today at her nursery. Hey, Mickey, good morning. Hey, how are you? Congratulations. What's, oh, thank you, dear. Thank you, ma'am, for Very my good. radio broadcasting prize. Well, so, I'm so proud. Surprised and pleased and humbled and all the other things, too. Uh, so right. what's happening at Pike Nursery today, Mickey Gasway? Today is, this whole weekend, is Ladybug Weekend. Everybody so gets a little sample with a purchase. Everybody's got on their red shirts with ladybugs all over them. It's a special weekend. And we are excited. And I we're guess. giving everybody that comes in, everybody that buys something, you get a... Um, a a package, a sample package of ladybugs. How many are in the package? We'll How many are in there? It's somebody. I don't know. I'm sorry. It's enough to do one plant. Look like a. Uh, it's like 150. 100 and some. Yeah, that sounds about right. And that's enough to do one plant. And so it's really fun to to go home and do them. And then you'll see. And then we sell. Of course, we sell ladybugs all the time. And so you can buy a whole thing, and that'll do. I forgot, 100 square feet or something uh-huh. like that. What are the tips? That's what do you say on the instructions for releasing the ladybugs in the garden? Do them, do them at dusk, late in the afternoon, wet down, whatever you're going to do. And if you've got something that's got um, aphids or something like that on them, you know, that's like instant food for them. Right. Then you put them in the and. And it's these fun. these it's are fun. not the ladybugs that get into your house. These are ladybugs that stay no, in the garden, don't go to the house. Ladybugs. Yeah. They over. It's my understanding that they overwinter as adults. Right, the overwinter in hollow trees in Japan. They go into caves. Yeah, where these ladybugs overwinter as eggs or larvae or something. something They don't. They don't go in there. Something like that. And then, then, as we know, even though you only give away enough for one plant today, ladybugs occasionally might find a you know male ladybugs find a female ladybug, and they might have babies. And the babies now don't look at all like a. Like our concept no, of a regular like ladybug, alligators. baby ladybugs are little orange and black alligators on yeah. your plants. And they eat a lot. They, they do sure a do. lot of good. They're they as hungry as the adults are. Both of them just eat you out of house and home. If you're an aphid, they'll eat you up. <laughs> They're great. And we also we also have the praying mantis, and those are good guys, too. Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about, the good guys versus the bad guys, because we're going to have a class this morning at 9 o'clock. Teach everybody good guys versus bad guys. Beneficial insects and not beneficial insects in the garden, and ladybugs being one of the beneficial insects, and praying mantises and honeybees and butterflies and all the even. Worms. I hope you sometimes mention spiders and ground beetles and things mm-hmm. that are always looking out for you, always looking for a good meal to eat of the bad bugs in the garden. That's even right. wasps That's and exactly hornets. Right. Are, wasps and hornets oh, are yeah, good guys. Oh yeah, a lot of those are good guys. Yeah. yeah. So I've I know other, the other thing that I wanted to up. mention, Mickey, before we go away, is that we've got Hydrangea Weekend coming up in just a few weeks. Yes, we are so excited about that. That's next week, and we're going to be doing, I'm going to be doing talks at Peachtree City on Tuesday, Swanee Wednesday, West Cobb Thursday, and Lindbergh Saturday. Wow. And we're going to do Hydrangea Talk, so... Hopefully, bring everybody bring lots of questions, and if there's anything I can answer, I'll try to. And mine have just started making those little cauliflower heads. They're about as big as uh, four fingers across right now. Haven't bloomed fully, of course, but it looks like hydrangeas are going to really look nice this year, just like the azaleas did. 
I think this is going to be a great year for them. I, I do, do too. too. I do too. It's going to be fabulous. And then later in the month in uh, May, we got the grilling in the garden thing. It's going to be a bunch of fun there. It's free for all Pike Nursery customers on May the 19th, 11 to 1 p.m., as long as hot dog supplies last. <laughs> and that come time <laughs> may not be very long, but as long as supplies last, people come by and eat and shop and talk gardening with the people at Pike. We have lots of fun. It's we a have fun lots place of fun. Be. Well, Mickey, it is great talking to you this week. And hope everybody will come to your local Pike Nursery. It's Ladybug Weekend. You get a free sample pack of Ladybugs for every purchase you make. Absolutely. Welcome back. Thank you, ma'am. We'll see you next Saturday. Wait a minute, Mickey. I got one more bit of information I need to know. How would I find the local Pike Nursery around me to go get my Ladybugs? At pikenursery.com. We'll see you next Saturday. See you soon, Doc. It's 840 on a Saturday morning, which gives JB his turn. JB is up in Winder, Georgia, patiently waiting on us. Hey, JB. Good, good morning, Walter. I appreciate you taking my call. What is up um, in your Hollywood, JB? Well, that's what I'm hoping you can help me with. They have been invaded with a very uh, a thin, aggressive, fast-growing, thorny vine. And uh, they've uh, it's intertwined into pretty much all these uh, holly bushes and this cluster of bushes is right by my front porch, and that yeah. vine tries to get up in my railing balusters and crawl up my downspout. And wow. I, I, and it's got, they've got the very small leaves. It's a very uh, uh, thin but strong vine, and they have thorns about every, oh, I don't know, four to six inches. And I didn't know if there was anything I could spray on it to treat her, or am I just going to have to put on some big old leather gloves and get in there and pull it all out? Clint Waltz and I both are nodding our heads when you said leather gloves, because that's what you need is leather gloves. But the other herbicide that you use for control of this vine, this is called Smilax, S-M-I-L-A-X, Smilax, or cat uh-huh. bar, some people call it. And the other thing you need is not a spray, but a shovel. Because Smilax yep. has a large yellow root, and it will run five, ten feet away from a mature vine. As you see in the holly bush, it'll be out in the middle of the lawn or in another bed somewhere nearby, and it'll sprout from those yellow roots that come up from the, uh, come up from the ground. And so you uh-huh. just about have to go and find where those yellow Smilax roots are and dig them out of the ground to get good permanent control. Uh, oh, that didn't make you happy. You were thinking, man, if I just have a Smilax be gone spray, I could spray it on the Smilax, the hollies would be fine. I could go in and watch TV. Sadly, that ain't going to be the thing. Ah, uh, gotcha. Well, I thought that was going to be the answer, but... <laughs> Leather gloves and a there. shovel, JB. Work, hard work. You're not afraid of it. You can do it. Not at all. Not at all. And uh, <clears throat> thank you for all you do, Walter. I learned a lot from your show, and I, I really appreciate everything you do for us. Well, thanks for calling, JB. It's great talking to you. Appreciate the call. Tyrone is in Stockbridge, and he has a question that only Dr. Clint Walls can answer. Go ahead, Tyrone. What's the question? Yes, how you doing? Good morning. Hello? Yeah, we're Hello. here. Go ahead, Tyler. Wait on the question. Yes, hi. I got a severe problem with this, Corana. Uh, is there anything I can do at this stage of the game, or should I just uh, just wait and let the Bermuda take over? Poa annual, annual bluegrass. Um, you answered one of the questions I was going to ask you. You say it's in a Bermuda grass lawn. 
Yes, it's everywhere too. Well, that is a, yeah. It's it's what we would like to affectionately refer to as the cockroach of the weed world um, uh, <laughs> out there. So this this is that one that uh, nuclear holocaust pole will wind up popping back up uh, very quickly. Uh, it's a winter annual uh, grassy weed, so it is closely approaching the end of its life cycle um, for this year. Okay. Uh, so controlling it right now, I, I think, would probably be best thing is is just mow it low. Yeah, and mow it low, leave mow it it low. low. Bermuda grass will do fine. It'll take over. And then the key will be next year, say somewhere, and you're in the Stockbridge area. So end of August, 1st of September. Is this actually, is not next year. This is this year. Yes, yeah, good, good point. This yeah, October. You're right. Uh, sometimes my, my years tend to be uh, growing seasons for our grasses. But uh-huh. uh, good point, Walter. Uh, end, of Oct- uh, end of August, 1st of September this year, uh, coming in with a uh, pre-emergence herbicide. Uh, on on it, you don't want to be much later than mid September on this one because that that weed will start to germinate again, say somewhere mid to latter part of September. So, many of the same herbicides that you use for crabgrass control, you'd want to use right at the end of August, first of September, and uh, that that will help with the population of that weed next year because it will be back. It will come back every year and harder and worse and bigger and wider every year, Tyrone. And remember what you're looking for in the fall is a pre-emergent or weed preventer. It's sometimes called on the bag. It'll say, apply this to your lawn, water it in real good, make sure it's nicely watered in, and then it will prevent the cra- the annual bluegrass seeds from germinating. And when they don't come up, they can't be a problem for you. They don't come up all winter long. You don't see them next spring, and you won't have to call us. But basically, that is the key. Let it go for now because you can't do much about it now. But a pre-emergent in the fall, August, September, get it out there before the annual bluegrass has a chance to germinate. Thank you for calling, Dyron. We got Elijah, not Elijah, we got Susie on the line. Susie comes to us from Buckhead. Hey, Susie, good morning. Good morning, and congratulations on that award. Oh, thank you, ma'am. Um, I do appreciate quick question it. about you. chamber bitter or mimosa weed. I know you have said go out and pull it out after it's grown, and I do. I have buckets full, but is there a good pre-emergence for that, and when would be a good time to put that on the lawn or even in the flower beds? Um... The short answer for that is in, in turf. No, there's not a real good pre-emergence for that. Uh, there, one pre-emergence we have that has some activity on broadleaf weeds is uh, gallery or isoxapin. Uh, isoxapin is the chemical name, and it, and it has some good activity on broadleaf weeds. Not great, but but good. Um, and and I'd have to go back and double check and see what how it would do on my mosa weed. So that one's that one stands a chance. I see he used the chemical name, and I'm going to spell the name for you so you know what he said, Susie. Okay. Isoxaben is I S O X A B E N. Isoxaben. I was close. And gallery is the trade name for it on the bag. So you look for a bag that says this bag contains gallery, or on the chemical ingredient label it'll say it contains isoxaben. And that's the stuff that Clint thinks has the most chance of controlling mimosa weed. And I want to ask Clint, would you do a split application? Yes. And when would you time How would you time I'd that probably out? go ahead and get one of those out now. So one now and one when? Uh, probably, weeks? yeah, four to six weeks um, okay. on it uh, to get your summer-long control on it for sure. Okay. And, and don't worry about that getting over into your ornamental beds. That should be fine there, too. Oh, super, super. Okay, thank you so much. And one You're more welcome. thing, Susie. If yes. you cannot find isoxaben or gallery nearby, in a nursery nearby, call around and see if anybody has it. They may not, because I don't see it that often. I see other products uh, at, at nurseries than isoxaben. You may have to go online, but you can find it online at Amazon or places like that. So that is another source for it in case you can't find it here. All right.
right. Thank you. All right. Thanks for calling, Bye. Susie. Clint, this whole morning we have not talked about next Saturday. You know what next Saturday is. You, you've told me what next Saturday is. And I hope you'll be celebrating. Next Saturday is World Naked Gardening Day. Well, and every year I celebrate by going out in my garden the day before, the night before, and gardening. How nature, how God intended communion with nature, taking a forest bath, as they call it in Japan. I know that our friends up at Paradise Valley, the clothing optional folks up in Dawsonville, they're having a gardening seminar there. They have a little potting class if people want to go there, if you're so inclined. You go to Paradise Valley and um, join the clothing optional crowd up there. But, Clint, I hope you'll consider next Saturday celebrating World Naked Gardening Day. Knowing my neighbors, I think they'd prefer I not. Um, and if I do choose at night, for sure. Yeah. So, what um, about World Pajama Gardening Day? That's a Sunday after Saturday, and you can do World Pajama Gardening Day. They see me in pajamas all the time. We have a dog, so he has to go out and do his thing. Ben, so, Clint, so, you're the perfect celebrant for that. Absolutely. I want a picture I'm, I'm, of you I'm, in your pajamas on Sunday celebrating World Pajama Gardening Day, and we'll consider you part of the part of the clan celebrating a great holiday. I, I may have to go out and pull a few annual weeds in my pajamas just for you, Walter. I think that'd be great. It's 848 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. This Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. It's Weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today is very comfortable. Tomorrow will be comfortable as well. High today around 72 or 3, low 47. Sunday high almost 70 degrees, low in the mid 40s. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. One last garden question comes from Elijah. Hey, Elijah, good morning. Good morning, Walter. In one sentence, what's your question? All right, uh, long-time listener, but I have a question that I couldn't really pass. I have a, a pretty old uh, cherry tree. It's about 17 years old. Wow, okay. And the bark has split uh, somewhere about midways. And I've used the tar base sprays, uh, but it's washing off. Yeah. So I wonder if you have any other suggestions. Is this a flowering cherry, edible cherry? What kind of cherry? E- edible, definitely. Beautiful wow. sour cherries. Wow. Fantastic. It's a small size. I think they called them, um, uh, I forgot the name of it, but uh, they're only about six feet tall. Yeah. My, you know, something I think, Elijah, I would leave it alone. The only thing I would stop is stop using tar or anything else to try to heal it or paste over or band aid the wound. Trees in general can heal themselves a lot better than we can help them. So I would just go ahead and leave it alone. And see what happens. And honestly, sometimes if some part of it dies, the other part will grow out around it. That'll be fine. Leave it alone. Let's see what goes on. Let me, let me hear from you in a couple of weeks and see if that was good advice or not. It's been great this morning to spend the Saturday with, with uh, Clint Waltz for the University of Georgia Turf Team. Clint has been here and has answered all these long questions. We really appreciate that this Saturday morning. Ashley Frass, of course, was in my stead last Saturday hosting the show, as well as screening calls this morning, answering questions off the air. Jason Byers brought the best garden music in America to the show this morning, and we appreciate him as well. If you go to my website, WalterReeves.com, get many of your questions answered there. Sign up for the newsletter, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, 
Pinterest and every other social media you can think of. I will see you, my friends, next Saturday morning for World Naked Gardening Day celebrated right here at News Talk WSB, and we will see you then.